here in 1 Kings chapter 11. I'm going to pass it to you. Just trying to, to set the stage here for, for where we're going to Now because of this, because Solomon uh, allowed his heart to be taken away from the Lord, God then devised the kingdom, right? And he takes all the Judah away from Solomon's son. But what was what was really the key? What was what was Solomon's problem? Think about that for a minute, and we will begin reading a couple of verses here. First Kings chapter eleven. Verse number three. It says, and he had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines. We just talked about that. It says, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart and were other gods, and his heart was not perfect. With the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Now David sinned too, right? Remember the deal with Bathsheba? Remember the deal where he counted the people? But though he had issues, his heart was right with God. He returned back quickly, repented. But Solomon didn't go that way. The word perfect here in this verse says his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God. The idea of that word perfect is to be complete or, or, or friendly. And so his heart was not perfect with the Lord and that was his downfall. We find as we go forward that that issue that Solomon had was then magnified in his son. Rehoboam, his son, was one that would take the kingdom after him. And if you remember Rehoboam, right out of the gate, the first thing that he did was what? He, he alienated his brother. How did he do that? What happened? Remember Jeroboam, the son of the bat, he was down there in, in Egypt. He hears that Solomon is, is, is dead. He's off the scene. He comes back. He brings all his children together and comes before King Rehoboam. And asked, they asked him a simple thing to light the load. He counsels with those old men that uh, counseled his father Solomon. And then he goes on and he counsels with the young men that came up with him. And it says that he pursued the counsel of the old men and told the people, not only am I going to not heighten your burden, I'm going to increase it. I'm going to make it harder on you. 
This answer reminded of a revolt. And Jeroboam takes the ten tribes and they rebuild over Rome. Now, you probably heard a lot of preaching on that, right? I think you've heard probably many times about Rehoboam and this issue that he has heard about. Now, think about how bad that would be. But I'm trying to relate it to our current situation. What if 40 states left the union? We would probably interpret that as pretty bad. Right? And this was extremely bad. But you know, that was just the very beginning of Rehoboam's problems. Go over a couple of chapters to 1 Kings chapter 14. We'll get to 2 Chronicles to keep your spot on This is just the beginning of Rehoboam's problems. Look at 1 Kings chapter 14, verse number 22. It says, And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins which they had committed, above all that their fathers had done. For they also built the high places, and images, and groves on every high hill and under every green tree. Verse 24. And there were also sodomites in the land. And they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. So not only had uh, ten tribes left and started their own nation, but here in Judah, where we have all this king, idolatry becomes rampant. It gets so bad that they even have sodomites in the land. Now, if you don't know what that means, ask your mom death. But do we, do we see a parallel in some of these sins in our own country? So you might say, hey, it's bad now, but just wait. It'll get a lot worse. All the same stuff, idolatry, sodomy, wickedness, we have a we have an insidious, pervasive evil throughout our land today. It's disgusting. What is that? Oh, 
forsaking the law of the Lord. So what happened? What did God do about this? Idolatry, sodomy, all this evil in the Well, verse number two, we start finding out. So in front of verse two, says, And it came to pass that in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem, because they had transgressed against the Lord. With twelve hundred chariots and three score thousand and horsemen, and the people without number that came with him out of Egypt, the Lugans, the Sukans, and the Ethiopians. And he took the fenced he, Shishak, took the fenced cities which pertained to Judah, and came to Jerusalem. So Shishak, king of Egypt, comes up and he invades Judah. And he takes the outlying cities. And he comes to Jerusalem. He has every intention, I believe, of taking the capital. Now, again, I want you to think about our nation and the current situation. China is an imminent threat. Yes? They've been waging war with us for years. Not with tanks and bombs and guns and such. Not yet, anyway. Up until now, it's been through cyber warfare, uh, infiltration of our government, sending spies from Never Swallow and the suspected Chinese spy not too long ago. Buying our, our, our farmland and other things. And they, they've been turning us as a nation for, for years. And, and it's other things too, it's not just Will they go on to threaten the kinetic war? That's where you have it. I don't know. But Shishak comes against Jerusalem. He had already begun the invasion. He had already taken the cities. And now he's coming to Jerusalem. Is the situation bad? Yeah. It's pretty bad. I would contest our situation is pretty bad in America. So, I'll ask a similar question like I did of Solomon. What was Rehoboam's problem? Down to verse number 14. 2 Chronicles 12, 14. God says, and he, Rehoboam, did he because he prepared not his heart to see the Lord. This word prepared said he prepared. Means to, to be erect or to set up. Uh, the word 
He desired more. So the 78 men weren't enough.
In Psalm 78, verse 34, speaking of the children of Israel, and they were out there wandering in the wilderness, it says, When he, God, slew them, then they sought him, and they returned and inquired further after God. It was only after the Lord killed some of them all that they turned to Him. Rehoboam did the same thing, right? So really they killed off people in those outlying cities. And only after that did He see the Lord. But it was very short-lived. In the same Psalm, 78, 37, says their heart was not right with Him. Neither were they steadfast in His coming. They did not set their heart on God. And so, think about it. If, if, you're, if you're saved here today, think about, try to think about when you were lost. Did you ever run into hard times and talk to God and say, if you just get me through this bad time, then I'll, I'll do something. And then maybe you, you get some help, you get a little grief, and right back into the sin. Yep. What am I saying? I'm saying this this wasn't a real turning to God. The the sorrow and humility was more mostly of just the affliction. It wasn't real last.
First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles 29 and verse 16. This is the only point I have. So please hear. First Chronicles 29, verse number 16. This is before Rehoboam, it's before Solomon, we're coming back to David here. And David says in verse 16, O Lord our God, all this sword that we prepared to build thee in house for thy holy name cometh of thy hand, and is all thy own. I know also my God that thou tryest hard and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me and the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with that the joy of thy people which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people. And prepare their heart unto thee. And give unto Solomon, my son, a perfect heart. Now Solomon would not have that perfect heart. He would not have seen. But David is praying for his son. And he's praying for the people. And he says, And give unto Solomon, my son, a perfect heart. And that perfect heart is going to lead to some things. What things? To keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, and thy statutes, and to do all these things, and to build the palace for which I have made provision. So how does a perfect or a complete heart manifest itself? How is it shown? Is shown by somebody who keeps God's commandments, His testimonies, His statutes. Yea, you all these things. What things? Things are I'm so very grateful for this book. Without this book, we're all in the dark. We don't know what to do. We're our sheep. Pastor Wayne talked about earlier today. We have no idea how to do it. Right. But praise God for this book. I know everything I'm supposed to do. Yes, sir. I know everything I'm not supposed to do. You know that word there that we just read in verse 19, that perfect. That is the same Hebrew word that God used before. David prayed that his son's heart would be perfect, and God recorded that Solomon's heart was not His heart was turned to the Lord. And Rehoboam, his son, went much harder. 
make sure our love, our affection, that which we hold dear, that which is valuable to us, is wholly focused on God. David prayed for God's people. He prayed for his son, Solomon. Solomon, Rehoboam, and Israel had uh, went on to have serious problems. 